Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. On this edition of the show, I speak with Max Raymond of Nats on Deck. We discuss the Nats' rainout, their first two games of their series against the Braves, the third being postponed. And then also, we take a look ahead to the trade deadline and what the Nats could do business-wise uh, when the trade deadline does arrive. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! have won it seven runs in the bottom of the ninth this is deep to center field bellinger's back it's a grand slam howie kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open the former dodger breaking hearts of los angeles the kick in here it comes swing and a miss swing and a miss swing and a miss and a world series game seven winning curly w is in the books the celebration is on the washington nationals are the world champions you are listening to the locked on nationals podcast your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Now we are good. Okay. All right, we're going five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked on Nationals podcast. It is Wednesday, August 19th. 2020 and tonight we've got a really fun episode coming for you guys i am joined by max raymond one of the co-editors and contributors of district on deck which is the nationals site with fansided funny enough my former employer fansided way back when like five years ago i'd say i was writing for their los angeles clippers blog so i am i am very familiar with the uh with the uh, fansided awesome material over there max we're really, really happy to have you on I appreciate you guys for letting me have uh, for inviting me to come back and join. And uh, as you said, full circle, man, just the way how it goes. Right. And uh, it's funny. So the Nationals, we were going to record this after the Nationals Braves game tonight, but we just got word that it's been postponed. So the Nats two game, excuse me, three game series uh, only becomes two games now with their second game uh, being the final one that happened yesterday. This game, the third game is going to get moved to September 4th. And it's interesting, Max, you know, I, I did a post-game review of, of the Monday night game. The Monday night game, Tuesday night game, pretty much mirror images of each other, minus the last half inning, right? And Daniel Hudson doesn't get it done on Monday night. Davey Martinez was emphatic in saying, look, I'll throw him back out there tonight for the ninth. He does so, the Nats get it done. I was really impressed with that win yesterday. The perfect bounce-back win on Tuesday night. I was too, man, because, you know, after like the heartbreaker we had two nights ago, I, the way the season's been going, I wouldn't have been surprised if they just like fell apart last night and it looked early on like it was going to, they're down 5-2. They just battled back behind uh, the kid Luis Garcia's bat. And then, um, as you said, uh, Hudson got his chance and I was a little surprised he came back out, not because of the night before I knew what Davey wanted to do, but because it was his third straight outing and right. prior to it already done 25 plus pitches each. And I didn't want his arm to fall off, but, I mean, he looked good last night. He got his confidence back, like, no nonsense, just went out there, attacked, and, like, finally got the, out, the outcome we wanted. So Yeah, and that's save number five for him on the season. So you know that Davey Martinez is comfortable sending him out there. I think there was plenty of reason to. I think it's a good point. And Davey also mentioned that as well. The, the bullpen stuff 
is just crazy what these teams are having to go through this year. The amount of that they're having to rely on these pitchers. And that's why I think today's, you know, down the line, obviously having this game added in on uh, the fourth is going to be, you know, that, and that means that you're going to end up, they're going to end up playing five games in four days against the Braves that, that Friday, the fourth game becomes a double header. So in the long term, yes, you're kind of, you know, rent will be due uh, in some way, shape or form, but in the immediate kind of a blessing, you know, you get an extra day off and on a weekend where they're going to play five in four days again, coming up now with the Marlins, I think it's kind of a benefit. I know they have an off day, but there's nothing wrong with two off days. I'm not going to complain. I'm not complaining either. I don't think they are either, especially with Miami. They've been hot. They're top there. Are they still tied for first in the division? Uh, I think the Mets second? are taking care of that right now. I think they're, they are a game back now. So uh, I mean, They might be a game and a half after tonight. They're still up there, and um, they're no longer the Marlins that, like, we can just look forward to a free win. So, like, I, they're going to get the rest. People like Tanner Rainey, Javi Guerra, Will Harris, they all need it because, as you said, they've been thrown every day, and it's not Davey's fault. It's the way the season's been going. You have 60 games over the course of three and a half months. Like, it's going to happen. And so, yeah, this rest is going to be very uh, effective for the short term. The Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you sports performance bar in the game today. They've got 18 flavors now. They've added six, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcha, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They've got the original 12 flavors, all of them involving um, excuse me, chocolate, six nut, six without nut. They're healthy. They are good for you. They are delicious. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. If you use the promo code, once again, locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. And also right now, if you try and go there and use that promo code, you might just get a free cooler right now. Once again, promo code locked on at builtbar.com for the first $10 off your order. Yeah, I want to go back to before we move on, because, you know, this is something that, that we can um, you know, kind of touch on. This team kind of displayed that that championship medal last night in the sense of they kept the line moving which they did in that first game too, the way they were shooting balls to the other side, I think there was a stretch, and this is something that they've done a couple other times, but three consecutive hits to the opposite field, I, uh, I believe they had Eric Thames as, for, for, I think, the third or fourth time this season, shoots a ball the other way, driving in a run this time. I was very impressed with keeping the line moving. In the game that seesawed back and forth in the beginning, I really liked how the bullpen kind of settled in the back end and got a win because after that Anibal start, you know, you were concerned that you got Anibal, Voth, and Fetty going back to back to back. That's not where you want to be when, obviously, when you play a team like the Braves, and especially when it feels like we, we could have gotten a win, you know, in the Nationals' perspective. You could have gotten a win with an Anibal start, and he's been a disaster so far. I thought the stabilization of the bullpen and the ability of the lineup to keep the line moving was, I was very impressed by that last night. So a few things to what you said. One, I think I read last night, I think they, a stat said that we only hit, only pulled three pitches last night. All the rest of our hits were up the middle or oppa, which is insane because that's just like really timely hitting. Um, yeah, Animal Sanchez, he's been scary this year, but I got to admit, after that second and third inning, he did settle down. Uh, allowed, I think, a base runner each in the fourth and the fifth, and if, hopefully that's a glimpse of he's finally – Turning a leaf, we'll see. It was only two innings, which is a very short sample size. 
And then to the third thing you said, yeah, like after the first two weeks where our bats have been silent besides Juan Soto and Starling Castro, like it is great to see that the kids are hitting. Garcia, I think, had four hits last night. Dames after was hitting like 183, and then he had that homer two nights ago, had that really clutch oppo single in the, uh, I think it was the ninth. And and then people like our catchers, they're finally coming around. Jan Gomes, Suzuki, which is – you love the veterans are finally coming up, which is you love to see. I think their bats are finally heating up after that very short in spring training. And so now we move on to the big question here. And you guys have been doing a lot of good work over at, at Nats on deck discussing, you know, the trade deadline is 12 days away. You know, there's, there's no, I, I guess there's no, like, you know, some teams like to get their business out of the way. And I think maybe if you were to do some business right now, you could consider that getting at it out of the way. But with the nature of the season, you know, it feels like there's, I mean, you look at the NL East, right? There's five teams still involved in this division. So, you know, the Marlins, if I'm the Marlins, I'm saying, look, there's no reason to trade anybody. I mean, this is a legit, I mean, in my opinion, this is a legitimate season. And I, cause I think that that's, that's the way you should look at it. Like we're all playing, we're all watching fans, players alike. We're all invested. The Marlins have a chance to make something happen in, in this season. I would keep, I would keep rolling with that. I know it might not be the, the you know the best long term move, but you know you had a chance to have some relative success, get a lot of guys some playing time, figure out who can be a legitimate part of your of your team, and I think other teams should treat it like that. Maybe not the Tigers because I feel like you know they're they're less far along in terms of the rebuild. Uh, the Orioles less far along in terms of the rebuild, but for you know in a division like this, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of selling across the board, and I wouldn't you know I can't speak for the other divisions. But I feel like we might see more of that across baseball. What do you think? I do too. I don't think teams are going to buy or sell unless they're like really blown away with a uh, with a trade offer. Because with the shortened season, they're not re- instead of normal trade deadline. You even on like uh, if they have an expiring contract, there's you're still going to get two months out of them. Now you have the trade deadline. You're going to get a month out of them. Uh, you don't want to give up like a Luis Garcia type prospect for some of these guys. And I just, that's what I've been hearing. And I really just think unless like a team is like, thinks that they can win it right now, they'll like go all in or unless they're going to be blown away by an offer. I think more teams are going to be standing pat, as you just said. Yeah. And it's also funny, you know, there's a couple points here. It's one, like the rental all of a sudden becomes a really, a much shorter term thing than it was in the past. You know, you're not getting July, August, September, October out of a player, right? You're getting, you know, August, oh, not even August. You're getting September and then October, if you know, depending on how long your team is involved. I think that's point number one. Point number two is teams might be reevaluating their stockpiles right now. Like you look at what the Nats are doing with, you know, 19, 20-year-old Luis Garcia comes up and that's a guy that maybe doesn't see the major leagues this season probably doesn't see the major leagues this season if it's a normal season. But all of a sudden, he appears to be potentially a major league ready player. From what we've seen, I mean, this guy's hitting major league pitching right now and he's doing it pretty well. Guy like Seth Romero had an awful first inning, bounced back with a really awesome inning afterwards. Guys are, you know, it's almost like kind of, at least from what I've seen with the Nats, kind of quarterbacks. You know, quarterbacks now are getting a chance to play faster than they ever were before and proving their worth. And so I think some teams might be reconsidering trading those guys away. You know, where those guys fit in their teams, 
Could they be more major league ready? Maybe not this season, but next season, middle, you know, middle, you know, do you start um, escalating guys, their movement towards the majors? I think the calculus this year too, when it comes to prospects has completely changed. I think it's because um, with no minor league system this year or minor league season, these players, you can't see what your players have. You can't tell if they're progressing or regressing. And it's not just the Nats. Like the Nats have given, I think five or six players have made their rookie debuts this year. Kyle Finnegan, Dakota Bacchus, Seth Romero, uh, Carter Keebum debuted last year, but this is his rookie season and Luis right. Garcia. And you look over there, like the uh, you mentioned earlier, the Detroit Tigers, they announced that uh, their number one overall pick from uh, 2018, Casey Mize is about to make his debut. Uh, Tariq Skubo made his debut. Like these other teams are all bringing up the kids. Like I, I think uh, this is like the season where the most kids are going to make their MLB debut. And it's because they don't know what to have in them. And they know if the season going on, like all, all hands on board. So all these kids are getting chances. And for the most part, they've been showing what they've got. Um, Luis Garcia, like, I know it's a very small sample size, but he's been very impressive. And after like, Harper and Soto making their monster debuts like we're a little spoiled but and Garcia's a little different because he's not having the like monster pop right now but it's just like timely hitting like he had his four hits yesterday Seth Romero even with his bad outing he still had three strikeouts and his stuff looked amazing he just had through one bad pitch Dakota Bacchus and Kyle Finnegan have both been godsends I know right um, Bacchus out of nowhere I think Finnegan's 28 like it these late uh late rookie relievers Mm. are just like a year after we had the second worst bullpen in the league, like these guys are just godsends when people like Harris and Hudson and Doolittle are struggling. So, and as you said, I don't think they're making their debuts this season if we if they had a minor league season. And I I do think it's exciting. It's so funny with Garcia because I feel like it can be an at bat to at bat thing where you know, like you said, the timely hitting, the situational hitting is what the Nats have missed actually for a lot of the season and some of their losses. And his good at bats, like it's very good. The way he, you know, on two strike counts, he'll choke up. Then there's sometimes where, you know, you can almost kind of tell from the beginning of the at bat, you're like, this one, this is gonna be one of those double A at bats, isn't it? So that's been it's been fun to watch though. I mean, I, I've kind of found that entertaining. That hit he had last night where he did a check swing and somehow was able to yes, pass it, it out left to field. the uh, left field. I was like, <laughs> where out of nowhere? Like he was trying to hold back and just like there, hey, there's some of your pop there for you, right? Mm-hmm. Right? There's your check, uh, check swing. There's if some he's pop. not even trying, like who knows right. what this kid can do once he gets a swing down. If you're Mike Rizzo, what are you targeting if you are going to go out there and trade? What? And then we'll get into who. But but what do you think the Nationals need? In my opinion, maybe a right-handed bat. But what do you think? I think first off, you got to look at contracts. I don't think it's worth giving up your prospects, especially for how empty our farm system is for people that are on expiring deals. You have to look at people like, just as just an example, like Josh Bell, he has like two, three years left on his deal. Like people that have multiple years left remaining. So it's worth it to give up like your Seth Romero or your Will Crow or your Mason Denneboff. And uh, it's not just, because if we do miss the playoffs this year, you're not trying to like flop and like, give away the rest of our farm system just for a, a month of baseball. So I'm looking at guys that have a minimum of two, maybe three years of, uh, of uh, service time left. All right. Then who in particular is, I mean, I've heard a lot of Josh Bell buzz. That's obviously something that I think not only the nationals might be interested in, um, but you know, a lot of other teams will, who else, who else for you, Max has has been an interesting name for you. It doesn't feel like there's a lot out there. I mean, usually around, you know, you think about a normal season and you check MLB trade rumors, uh, you know, 12 days out from the deadline, uh, just buzz upon buzz upon buzz. And 
I was over there earlier today trying to, you know, on there amongst other places as well, but not much buzz just because teams are still trying to figure the rosters out. I mean, there are teams like the Cardinals who are just over 10 games into their season. That'd be an absurd thing to do to try to consider what you need, who can stay, who can go 12 games into a baseball season. But I mean, yet here we are. So I think that's why you're not seeing as much trade buzz. What do you think? I'm with you on that because I was looking at NOE standings today and uh, the Braves have played the most games and then the Nats, Marlins, and uh, Phillies have all missed like four or five games. So it's very uneven right now. But to your earlier question, all right, so disclaimer, I've heard no rumors of this, but the guy I want the Nats to trade for the most is uh, Mike Yaz of the Giants. Um, Carl Yaz's yeah. grandson. Yeah. He is he's, He just made his MLB debut last year at 29. So he's uh, has, I think he's a free agent in 2026. So he has six years left on his contract. Like Grant's going to take a major haul because of his team-friendly deal. But last year in – I have it on – baseball reference last year in 107 games he hit uh 272 21 homers 55 rbis and an 852 ps so like a modest season fast forward to this year in 25 games he's hitting 311 has six homers 19 rbis he has a over a thousand ops and he's already like his walk rate was what worried me last year last year he had 32 walks this year he already has 20 like he's coming up on his walk rate his strikeout rate is way down struck out 107 times last year 23 this time decent defense um i don't know about you but like not yet but i know people are worried about right field and the way adam eden's been playing like he cost us with that very terrible uh playing the outfield a few games ago when he just made a terrible route and um yaz they're around the same age but he to think right you think i mean i i was talking to my dad about it the other night i said if you had to guess how old adam eaton is what would you say and i think he said like 35 maybe 30 34 35 he's only 31 it, which is crazy i mean adam eaton's been around baseball forever and then yastrzemski's you know at, at the age of uh you said what 29 i'm not hitting the panic button on eaton yet i think there's years where he i mean i think there's years where he does dip a little bit from what he brings to the at-bats I, he is my he's my favorite my favorite hitter to watch in the Nats lineup besides Juan Soto just because of the way he battles the way he fights he's every commentator's favorite brought he's every commentator's favorite baseball player um, or as a lot of people joke you know your favorite player's favorite player great locker room guy I'm not too concerned about him yet but like you said there there could be some signs there that there's some attrition. I'm not putting the – I'm not worried about him yet either, but right. I'm just saying if I could have anyone, it would be Yaz. This dude is just, like, coming into his own. He can hit. Like, if you want to do it and keep Eden in the lineup as well, you can put him at DH because, as I said, this kid can flat out hit. You can put him in the outfield if you want to give Eden a day off because you can tell at times his knee is still bothering him mm-hmm. from that ACL injury. And I, I get that's way too many people, but, like, you can never have too much offense. Oh, no. this team too. We we saw their first. We saw their first. Their first few games this season. No offense. So I, I definitely think they could use obviously some more offense. Yeah. And then um, another person I really want us to bring back is an old friend, and that's Daniel Murphy. Hmm. I've seen some of this buzz as well too. Daniel Murphy would be interesting, wouldn't he? He switched to first base this season, and that's where we have a hole at. Like Eric Thames, he's starting to hit better, and um, Howie Kendrick has been missing time with his. With his age, Estrubal Cabrera has been like our best hitter besides Juan Soto out of nowhere. Um, but I just think Daniel Murphy, he he missed time last year because he was still hurt from his 2018 injury from that. And 
he didn't even want to leave and we didn't want to give him up, but we knew we had to shed payroll because of how 2018 went. I think bringing him back would be perfect because you have another DH option. You have another first base option. And it's that missing power that, uh, that we're missing in the lineup. Plus he's great in the locker room. As you saw, he was a immediately became a team leader, became a fan favorite. I just don't think the, the how hot Colorado has been. I don't think they gave up on him because with their whole Nolan Arenado situation, you want to please them and you want to go all in you don't want to subtract. So unless they're blown away by, like, with ready MLB talent now to help them, I don't think they ship them out. But that's who I would want is Daniel Murphy. I think there's a chance they could, especially when you consider his age at 35. That That's where I think they would lean the other way. Now, adding the designated hitter makes this a whole new ballgame in terms of are the Rockies willing to deal him and what the Nats have to give up to get him because – now you're, you know, the Nats, they basically, the Rockies can treat the Nats like they're an American league team and say, well, you want, you know, obviously you want him to be a DH. You know, we like him as our DH and the va- his value now is greater because not just 15 teams in the league can use him as you know designated hitter. The other 14 in the NL can as well. So the, I think that's a great fit. He loves hitting at Nats park. The hall, once again, that's the question is what will the Rockies ask for um, in return? I think, that's a call that if you're Mike Rizzo, you should make. I think Max, I think you're exactly exactly right on that one. I was talking to uh, the Rocks Pile, which is the Colorado's Rockies uh, site at Fan Sided, because I, I wrote a trade piece on Daniel Murphy the other day, and I was asking, I was like, hey, if you're the Colorado Rockies, what would you uh, ask for in return of Daniel Murphy? And they said immediate bullpen help. So the the projected trade offer I sent, I don't think it gets the deal down, but I projected like. James Bork and Cole Henry, our second uh, – Cole Henry just took the closeout UCLA. They said he was, like, close to being MLB ready when they drafted him. I think that immediately gives him a bullpen boost. James Bork, I, I like him. He's been promising. Uh, I just don't think he can line up because Mike Rizzo only drafts pitchers, and there's just so many pitchers to get through. But over in Colorado, I think James Bork can be immediately boost for uh, the Rockies. I just think they take one more reliever – or. And if we give them like a trio of relievers or pitching product prospects, I think we get the, the deal done. Yeah. And I, I got the chance to see Cole Henry playing college news at LSU and it was really good out of the, I mean, a, a really effective pitcher for them. And if you can crack that rotation and be a part of it, you're obviously special. I'm a bit partial to sec guys. So if you've got guys from the Southeastern conference on your team, I'm always a huge fan of it. I think because of the hitting that they face when they're there, it means that they're a bit uh, more MLB ready one of those players that I wouldn't have a problem, you know, seeing on a major league team. I, I, uh, I think that's a guy you can trust kind of to be elevated. So I think that's an interesting trade deal. I think it's um, something the Rockies should and, and, and would consider. The other question I had for you is, would you consider trading for any kind of pitching at all? A week ago, if you asked me, I would have said no, but um, Austin Volf last night said that he knows his stuff is down, his velocity is down, Scherzer's trying to help with him. And, like, I like him, but, like, we need – with the way our Sanchez is a question mark, who I, I hope they shut down Strasburg. That's just me. That's what I, we don't have yeah, I agree. Completely agree. We don't have Strasburg. Like, all we have is Scherzer, and he's been good, but, like, he's not been going deep in the games. And Corbin had one bad adding. He's been our best pitcher all season. Like, Betty – He's looked good, but, like, this is Eric Fetty, so we don't know what what's going to happen. Like, last year he had, like, that uh, – I want to say July, but it was amazing. In August he just fell apart. So, I might trade for a fifth starter, but I don't really know there's many out there I would trade for that right. wouldn't cost us giving up a major haul. I've heard some Johnny Cueto buzz that he might be available, but do you want to trade for a guy like Cueto and, 
add another older arm to this rotation, you know, it's, I'm not sure I'm sold on that because no, I will say this. I, I think if we're being honest, the national starting pitching situation is not good, which is a bizarre thing to say, but I think Strauss, I mean, once again, Joe Ross, not being there, that's another guy that in a situation like this would complete. I mean, he's going to be in the, he would hundred percent be in the rotation. You know, we, we thought he'd be in the rotation to start the year off. Ironically enough, Eric Fetty, Austin, both battle out for that fifth starting spot a couple weeks ago, or you know, before the season started, and now they're both starting pitching. So you know, they're kind of getting that. And I've I've enjoyed, you know, I think Fetty's actually been pretty, uh, pretty solid this year, considering that he's been asked to pitch in some very difficult spots, uh, especially in relief spot. You know, he had that spot start that he made against the Yankees. He had the start where we, you know, we we didn't think that they'd um. They didn't think, you know, they need him against the other day with Strasburg and comes in and pits, pitches very well. Uh, yeah, really, very well in relief. You know, I was I was impressed by that. So I think, I think, um, and with the way Sanchez has been pitching, you know, I said this the other day, he's been fighting himself more than he's been fighting, you know, the other team that he's playing against. I mean, his stuff has just not been where he needs it to be. He's not in that groove. He's clearly uncomfortable. So... They're in an odd spot. It matters how much they care about this season. And if you don't want to rush a guy like, you know, uh, Jackson Rutledge up there and Seth Romero's for right now is going to be a bullpen guy. Obviously a guy with starter credentials. I think that's somebody you plan on being a starting pitcher just because look at his college credentials. I mean, the guy was a starter all throughout college. I know the vo- he's got great velocity and, uh, you know, a really good changeup. But that guy to me screams starter just from, you know, where he's, that, that kind of will be the long-term plan. But if you're not going to, um, rush a guy like a Jackson Rutledge and maybe they shouldn't. He is my favorite nationals prospect. So I would love to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, that guy's unbelievable. He is. He's unbelievable. So uh, he's got, he's got, he's the full package, but in a 60 game season, would I just chuck him into this? You know, obviously the Nats, you trust them with pitchers, right? You trust them with the guys they have with the pitching, you know, the, the, obviously the, the coaching has been very good too, but you know, it's, it's a, and that's why I think it's a difficult spot. And I know it's a weird question to ask, but I was doing a Periscope last night live on Twitter during the game, and somebody asked me, said, hey, do the Nats need to go trade for a fifth, you know, another, not just a fifth. I think this season, saying it's number five or not doesn't matter. It's just another pitcher, but just with the way the season's been going. So I found it to be an interesting and I think a valid question. I think, I mean, it's bizarre to think, right? But maybe it is something that Mike Rizzo explores. Here's what I think. Uh, Animal Sanchez did the same thing last year. He started off 0-6 with a 6-plus ERA, went on the IL, came back, 3.75 ERA, almost does a no-hitter in NLCS. Granted, we don't have the time that we did last right. season because how short it is, but I do think we give him a start or two off. Hopefully he it helps him clear his head. Um, as I was saying, like if there's a cheap enough fifth starter – out there I might pull the trigger but then again if he's cheap there's a reason um <laughs> I wouldn't go for Johnny Coino I loved him growing up as a kid watching him on the Cincinnati Reds but I don't want another veteran arm that, that type of veteran arm in the uh, rotation um to be honest when I've been writing my trade pieces I've been staying away from relievers and pitchers I've been just trying to focus solely on offense I haven't really looked at any pitchers yet that I would want to trade for because uh, I think our biggest hole still is offense. And if we can get the offense going with what pitching we do have, I think we'll be in good shape. And here's the thing. I don't want to, I don't want them to trade for any bullpen pitching. I kind of, I know it's been hit or I know it's, there's been some, some misses, 
But I've kind of enjoyed watching them work out who is going to be in the bullpen. I mean, Sam Freeman's on the IL now, but you know, I I was enjoying his performance. Tanner Rainey, man. Tanner Rainey has been the bomb. I, it's been it's been fun to watch him pitch, even when he puts guys on base. Saw so I would think it was on Sunday, worked himself out of it. Was he's been he's been awesome. Still I still trust Daniel Hudson a ton. Still definitely still trust him. Uh, we saw, you know, we saw his his quality on display last night. It's been fun to see guys like uh, really Finnegan's been great as well too. I've enjoyed the mixing and matching. I'm enjoying seeing Davey pressed into situations where he's making decisions, and many times, in my opinion, he's made the right one. Um, you can tell he's not fully trustworthy yet of the bullpen. I thought that Sunday game with Scherzer definitely should have pulled him out, pulled him out after the uh, home run. Before he got the two-run home run or uh, the tying home run. So I, what I, my dad was telling me that um, Davey wanted him to go seven. So he was keeping him in to go seven and gave up the lead. But hell or high water, he was going seven innings. Yeah, well, it got high too high water for me in my in my opinion in that spot. But I understand why. I mean, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to touch the bullpen. But saving grace here is is the old two two off days. We didn't see it coming. But the Nats are going to get two off days. They're going to get to rest their bullpen. A lot of – I think that is huge. Um, big series coming up for Miami, though, because, you know, it's it's five games, four days. The pens are going to be spent. I think I think because of that, you know, and not just spent from the – I mean, the, the Marlins have to play again tomorrow against the Mets. So the Marlins, after their, after their misses early in the season, are now in a mad dash to make up games. I think the key for the Nats in this series is every single game, get to those starters. Get to those starters, get to those starters, because much like we saw with Scherzer on Sunday, the leash is going to be long. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to have to be predominantly because they're not going to be able to, to go to guys in the pin uh, a whole lot with this series. So I think for the Nationals, that's the key. What do you think is the key this weekend for this 5-4 and four the Nats are playing with Miami? So I think this Miami series is the same as last year. Last year, we just got swept by the Nets. Nets, we fall 19 and 31. I think this is the pivotal series to um, help us come back. The Met, uh, Marlins have lost seven of the last 10 and are on a four-game losing streak. Did you say they – are they playing now or did they lose They are today? down one nothing to the Mets as it so stands right they now. they lose today, that's five straight. Like, you can't – this is perfect opportunity to get three, four, five wins, get back in the hunt with three out. And, like, you have to beat up on a struggling Marlins team. They don't have – like, their young pitchers look good, but they're not there yet. We have to take advantage. Um, they don't, their bullpen is – like, besides Brandon Kensler, no one really impresses me. As you said, like, we have to take advantage. Uh, this is our best time for our bats to come alive. Like, it's a series like this. If they can get their mojo, like, the rest of them can start going, like, consistent. Like, I'm not talking, like, how Jan Gomes had that triple then went, like, 0 for 3, then had another hit. Like, hopefully this right. will get their – Juice is going and they'll start coming in because we need with Starlin Castro out. There's only been a few guys that have been reliable. And so I'm hoping this gets a few people going. Um, Struba Cabrera's looked amazing. I yes. Did not expect that. Uh, hopefully Luis Garcia can keep it up. Carter keep him. This would be a great series for him. Um, who else? Like maybe get Suzuki in there to get him going because last year he helped carry us and he's just not been there yet. If they can get some of those games that they've been having lately where, where they can get they keep the line moving, I think the one the one thing for me offensively is when they aren't moving that line, they need that power output to be there. And actually on Monday night, they did get some of that power output. 
it, you know, it, that was the issue though. And early in the season is they couldn't generate even any power on nights where they weren't scoring runs. You know, they weren't getting solo shots, which you need to have on nights where, where you know, you're not just, you're not. Yeah. My mic loves to fall out. Uh, and, and sometimes my, my computer is super finicky. Um, but yeah, if they can, if they can get some of that power output too, maybe a little bit, that would be good. And this series, I, I have to double check here. I believe it is at oh, it is, yeah, it's at home. So you know, not not, not having to worry about the um, the cavernous uh, Marlins Park is going to be good. Uh, Max, before we get out of here, I want to ask uh, ask you one more thing. Um, where can the people find you on social media? All right, so you can follow me. Well, first you should you can find me and my pieces at uh, District on Deck, uh, the Twitter through Fansided, or you can follow my personal account at uh, Max Raymond One. Uh, District on Deck Twitter also works. Check us out. We have a bunch of uh, Nationals website uh, articles every day that we put about. We're always talking to the fans on Twitter. Love to have good debates. Uh, we were talking about earlier before the show, like I put a question out there on the District on Deck about curiously about free agency, who you would want. And it was became a very hot topic. So if you want to join and stuff like that, just you can come find us out there and just have a good conversation. All right, Max, we appreciate your time today. That is it for the Locked On Nationals podcast today. We will be back with a preview of the Marlins series tomorrow.